Reading Psalm 62 for the director of music for Jeduthun, a psalm of David. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall never be shaken. How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down? This leaning wall, this tottering fence. Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They take delight in lies with their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Yes, my soul find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall not be shaken. My salvation and my honour depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. Surely the lowborn are but a breath, the highborn are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together they are only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or put vain hope in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love, and you reward everyone according to what they have done. Well, thanks so much, Lisa, for reading. And if you joined us since the start of the service, then let me add my welcome to Claire's. It's great to have you with us this lunchtime. Shall we pray as we begin? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this wonderful psalm and the hope it offers to us. Please be opening our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us this lunchtime. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I wonder, where do we look for hope and security in a stressful and uncertain world? As politicians and those working in politics, we're kind of in the business of trying to hold out hope to people by working to bring about change for our communities and to do what we can to create a secure and stable society. But I think we know deep down, no matter our political affiliation, no matter our positions of influence, that politics will never be able to provide ultimate hope and security. Yes, we can draw up good policies and we can pass good laws, but they will never solve all the problems facing our world. King David knew this, and he was a powerful king. I mean, you don't get much more influential than that. Instead, in Psalm 62, David makes this bold claim that it is the Lord who is the true source of hope and security in an uncertain and stressful world. It's right there in the very first verse. He writes, truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. In all the stress and busyness of life, David makes the bold claim that God is the one in whom we should trust. The one who provides us with hope and security so that our very souls can find rest in him. Other translations of this verse speak of waiting quietly before God, of our soul waiting in silence for God alone. 
rather than getting consumed with all the noise of worry and the thoughts that race around our heads when we're stressed and can't sleep at night, David tells us that we should come before God in quiet and stillness and put our trust in him. And this lunchtime, we're going to briefly look at just how David can say this, why we need hope and security, and why we can trust God above everything else to provide it for us. So firstly, let's think about our need for hope and security. Because we do live in an uncertain and stressful world, we only have to turn on the news to know that. The war in Ukraine and its implications, the cost of living crisis, the uncertain economic outlook, the recent pandemic which reminded us just how precarious our way of life is, and that's before we think about any personal storms that we ourselves might be going through. It can feel sometimes like we're under attack from all sides, and unless we're careful, we will be overwhelmed and defeated. David knew what this felt like. He experienced constant attacks from people who were trying to steal his throne. Just look down at verses 3 and 4 of this psalm. He writes, How long will you assault me? Would all of you throw me down, this leaning wall, this tottering fence? Surely they intend to topple me from my lofty place. They delight in lies. With their mouths they bless, but in their hearts they curse. Now you might remember that a few months ago we had Storm Enos, and our garden fence certainly took a bit of a battering. And after all the gale force winds, it was left at a rather alarming angle. And that is how David describes himself as feeling, as if the slightest push would topple him. That is, in fact, what happened to our fence. A few mornings later, we awoke to discover it had completely fallen over, no doubt when a cat or a fox tried to climb over it in the night. So often it is when we are weak and unstable, when we feel like that tottering fence, that our enemies gather to attack, or it can feel like our situation will utterly overwhelm us. Evil is attracted to weakness, and David felt forsaken, caused by the disloyalty and betrayal of his so-called friends. I wonder, how often do we feel like that? We might also feel under attack, maybe from people who are actively trying to undermine us and pull us down, or maybe from other circumstances outside our control. In an uncertain and stressful world, we all need a firm foundation to prevent us from caving under the stress and pressure. So let's return to the question I asked at the beginning. Where do you look to for hope and security? As our second point, let's think about where not to look. David cautions us against relying on two of the common places people turn to for help in verses 9 and 10. First, in verse 9, he warns us not to trust in people. He writes, Surely the lowborn are but a breath. The highborn are but a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing. Together, they are only a breath. No matter how much power or status we think we have, or we think that someone else has, no matter how lowborn or highborn, all people are just a breath. As inconsequential, David says, as a puff of wind. If you tried to weigh people on a set of scales, they would barely register. Humans are only fleeting. 
We live, we flourish for a while, and then we die. Some individuals might seem powerful for a time, but they do not last. No political leader has ever lasted. Either failure or retirement always follows. And in our personal lives, I'm sure we can all think of examples when people have let us down, even those who are closest to us. We should not trust in other people to give us the ultimate hope and security that we need, but they are unable to supply. And then second, in verse 10, David warns us not to trust in money. Do not trust in extortion or put vain hope in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. David cautions us that money cannot give us the security we need either. We should not resort to dishonest gains to get money, but setting our heart on money is treated as equally bad by David. We might feel temporarily secure if we have a good job with money in the bank, but that is no guarantee. The cost of living crisis and talks of a potential recession ahead bring that out all too starkly. Or just think of those who are fleeing their homes in Ukraine, how quickly a comfortable lifestyle can be taken away and your house reduced to ruins due to circumstances which are completely outside your control. Now, this is not to say that people and money are bad. Of course, we can be richly blessed by the people God has placed in our lives, and money can be a force for good. But that does not mean that either people or money will ultimately be able to save us. The reality is that anything we look to for hope and security in this world will ultimately let us down. It will not stand up to the pressure and storms of life. We need something firmer. Now that all might sound a bit gloomy, but don't lose heart. As our final point, let's look at what David has to say about the Lord being our hope and security. This psalm is full of so many riches that I'll struggle to do justice to them fully now. But let's have a quick look at how David describes God in verses 1 to 2 and 5 to 8. Firstly, he is our rock, verses 1, 6 and 7. He is our fortress, verses 2 and 6. He is our refuge, verses 7 and 8. All these words give an image of firm foundation and stability. A rock cannot be moved. A fortress is impenetrable. A refuge offers protection and safety. But there's more. He also describes God as our salvation in verses 1, 6 and 7 and our hope in verse 5. Our foundation is secure because the Lord is the one who saves us and gives us ultimate hope amidst the stresses and difficulties of life. And also in verse 7, our honour depends on him. That is why we can withstand the storms and pressures and attacks because our honour depends on God not on anything we do. He has got it all covered. And did you notice something? Before each of these metaphors and words can be found the word my. It's there 13 times in this psalm. All of these promises are intensely personal. God is my rock, my salvation, my fortress, my hope, my refuge. Some ancient deities would have been described as rocks, but none of them would have been described as my rock. The God of the Bible is unique in this. He promises personal protection and personal relationship. 
Because of this, David is able to make that bold assertion that we find in verse 2. I shall never be shaken. And again in verse 5, I shall not be shaken. This, of course, doesn't mean that troubles never come. David was all too aware that that's not the case. And indeed, he's in the middle of trouble when writing this psalm. But it does mean that when troubles do come, they will not ultimately shake or uproot us. Now, you might be listening and thinking, well, this is all very nice for David, but this was written thousands of years ago. So can we actually trust this? Can we claim any of these truths for ourselves? Well, let's look at how David ends the psalm in verses 11 and 12. He uses this slightly odd phrase, one thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. But this is essentially a literary device to emphasise that what he is about to say is true, something to be trusted. And what is it that he is certain of? Firstly, in verse 11, power belongs to you, God. David knows that the Lord has the ability and power to bring about what he promises. After all, he is the one who created the universe, the one who controls all things. He has power over everything, but they can fulfil these lofty promises. Then secondly, he writes, with you, Lord, is unfailing love. Not only does God have the power, he is also all-loving. He cares about you. He will do what it takes to keep you safe. The Hebrew word used here, chesed, speaks of the steadfast, faithful, covenant love of God for his people. A love that is not shaken or shaped as circumstances change, but is unchanging and reliable. That is the kind of love that God has for each of us. And thirdly, you reward everyone according to what they have done. God is a God of justice. We can trust that he will make sure that everything comes right in the end. We can leave our troubles to him to sort out. And we can have absolute certainty that these characteristics are true. Because God demonstrated his character to us in the best possible way. By coming to us as the ultimate person of power and love, Jesus Christ. The one who stepped into history as a real historical person. The one who had ultimate power, who calmed the storm, who fed the 5,000, who healed the sick and even raised the dead. But he's also the one who was all-loving, who reached out in love to those who are sick and hurting, those who are marginalised by society. And he showed us the very extent of his love when he died for us on the cross, and then again showed his power by rising again and defeating sin and death. These events happened in history. If we ever doubt that this is what God is like, we only have to look at Jesus to see his power and love. So as we finish, we can claim the truths of Psalm 62 for ourselves. In Jesus, they are true for us too. This all-powerful and all-loving God is on our side. He is for us. He is our rock, our fortress, our refuge, our salvation. We shall not be shaken if we put our trust in him. When the stresses and troubles of life come, we can follow David's example in verse 8. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. David encourages us to share in the hope that he has. We can come into God's presence in prayer, 
We can pour out all our anxieties, all our troubles, everything that is on our heart, and find our refuge and safety and security in him, knowing that we will never ultimately be shaken. As Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Yes, we do live in an uncertain and stressful world. We face many challenges that threaten to drag us down. But if we put our trust in Jesus, we know that we will be able to withstand them. Our souls can find rest in God. If you've never done this before, let me encourage you to do so. This offer is open to everyone. All we have to do, whether for the first or the thousandth time, is come to God and pour out our hearts to him, looking to him to be our refuge. That is where we can find true hope and security. Let's pray to finish. Heavenly Father, thank you for the amazing message of this psalm that our true hope and security can be found in you. Thank you that you are our rock and our fortress in an uncertain and stressful world. And that because of your power and love demonstrated to us in Jesus, we can know that these promises are true. Would you help anyone here who is currently feeling stressed and overwhelmed to find their refuge in you? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.